0: Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels opens up about a recent injury, which reminds him of a holiday story you won't believe. you doing here all by yourself, sitting in the dark? People let you down? I know, it happens to me too. You don't think so? You don't think people let me down? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you ask people to do things. You ask people to finish jobs. And sometimes your orders <laughs> aren't always carried out. Nobody wants to be the bad guy, do they? But uh, the work still needs to get done, doesn't it? Yeah. I almost let you down today. Mm hmm. I did. I almost forgot that I had to check up on you and see how you're doing today. And I'm glad you're doing well. I know, I know I heard all about the test results. And I'm glad the scans all came back clear. There's nothing wrong with going through it. We all have to do it once in once in a lifetime. There's always going to be that scare, that wake-up call, that moment of clarity. You just happen to have yours before me. But not much, much before me. <laughs> I know. Well, a health scare is not the same as a uh, somebody putting a gun to your face. You can do something about the gun in your face, but it's kind of hard to do something when your body's broken. you got to hope the doctor can heal you or there's some kind of treatment out there that can fix things. Otherwise, you're sunk, right? Yeah, it's a big difference. Well, I know there's, I know there's things that you have to take care of and treatments that you're going to have to go through and procedures and insurance papers to fill out. But at least it wasn't a bad result. It wasn't a negative result. I like to think of things like that, you know, when they say, oh, the biopsy came back bad. Or the tests came back negative, you know, bad. Not negative in a good way. And think, well, now we know what the problem is. Now we know what the problem is and we can fix it. It's not going to get better without fixing it. (laughs) Lord knows I could take some of my own advice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a little accident. I got busted up, uh... It's been a week ago now. I know you want to know all about it, so I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Don't make fun of me. About a week ago, uh... I just got home from work, and I was in a hurry to get uh, out. We had to run errands that day. And uh, everybody needed to do their part, including me, and I had to get myself cleaned up, get a quick nap, and then we could run and do our errands later in the day. It was a Sunday. It was kind of cold out. So I took a shower and shaved and went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth. Did everything I needed to get done and jumped right in the shower. And right when the shower was over, I was completely clean, scrubbed, head to toe. Took a real nice long shower, it was really weird. And uh, I felt great. And I took a step and I stepped on my wife's razor that had fallen in the tub. And it, oh my God, it hurt my foot so bad. It hurt my foot so bad, I jumped and slipped with my other foot. My whole body went out from under me, and I came crashing down sideways into the side of the tub. Oh, my God. It knocked the wind out of me. She thought I was bleeding or broke something, and I'm like, no, just get in here. I couldn't reach a towel, and I was wet, so I couldn't get a grip on anything to get myself up. And there was so much uh, shock in my body that even though I was in incredible pain trying to catch my breath, trying to orient my body so I could stand up, I, I didn't know where I was hurt and where I wasn't hurt. But I knew I, I was okay. I knew I could get up. I'd been hurt before, and even though that was still sinking in what happened to me, I was able to pull myself together, dry my hands, dry my arms. I couldn't get any kind of leverage because I kept slipping. So I had to dry myself off a little bit, dry the edges of the tub and everything off. And then I was able to get enough leverage to get myself up enough to get my legs out of the pool, not the pool, the tub. And uh, I got myself up. And then uh, she basically had to take me Uh, And doing a full body inspection. And I didn't cut my foot. That's the funny part. I stepped right on this razor. I mean fully. All my weight down on this razor. And it hurt so bad. Not one mark on my bottom of my foot. But I twisted my ankle. Because when I jumped up off of it. I slammed my ankle into the side of the tub so hard. I thought I broke my ankle. I thought I twisted it. Um, I thought I sprained my, my ankle sprained across the top of my foot um, I slammed it into the faucet oh my god it hurt so bad and my back had two huge red marks across my shoulder blades but that wasn't where I hurt myself I actually hurt myself when I came down I came down pretty straight but my side slammed right into the tub wall and I got a bruise from the center of my back on the right side all the way around to the front. Oh, my God. I thought I had a hernia. I thought I had a hernia, and my stomach had hurt so bad. Well, she got me in the bed. I was able to lay down. I could lay on flat on my back. I could uh, sit up, a lot of things, but... I had a little bit of trouble maneuvering, you know, and standing up was very painful. Sitting down was okay. When I tried to stand back up, the spasms were incredible. And I remember back when I did that one time during the war. And I was in the south of France, and I was trying to help some people. They were trying to escape the occupation in Vichy, France. Vichy, France was kind of like occupied, but it wasn't the same as being around Paris. The people were a lot more... um, Well, they were... it It was just a different area politically, and they were treated a little bit differently accordingly. There was a lot more partisan resistance in Paris and to the north in Normandy area. But down in... Southern France and Vichy, France It wasn't that bad You had Italian troops there and German troops And As long as they kept the peace Everything was okay Of course There I am in the middle of it Not much peace is going to happen when OSS agents are running loose On the countryside, starting trouble And it was Very important to me Not to cause any kind of problems that would get a civilian innocent family or person killed because they were associating with us. So you kept conversations with innkeepers quite short and you didn't lay down any roots. You you kept moving so that you didn't appear to be associating with anybody directly. That way, if we got found out, they would trace us and it would look like we were just traveling through. We weren't making contacts, which was very important to me. I don't believe in collateral damage. I don't think it's acceptable. There's no acceptable amount of collateral damage. And I was going to meet up with some people that said they had discovered a Nazi superweapon. And I thought, okay, what are they talking about? And they led me to this farm. And on this farm, believe it or not, was a hidden laboratory. And inside they were trying to figure out how Frankenstein's monster Was assembled and reanimated. I kid you not. Now this was around Christmas of 1944. And I finally realized they have captured Frankenstein's monster. They're doing blood work on him. They're taking pictures. They're trying to take x-rays. They're trying to figure out what kind of arcane alchemy this doctor used to reanimate this corpse and it was a patchwork corpse no less a giant of a man endowed with superhuman strength well we interfered we interfered with great prejudice and in the process of that interference a gunfight broke out I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. Because I want to get to the gist of the story. And the gist of the story is... Through our... Actions... Oh, we caused some collateral damage. What we did was we accidentally freed... The creature... In the gunfight. Once freed from his... Chains... He he became aw- 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 awoken, and he escaped. I'll never forget that feeling of watching Frankenstein's monster escaping over the hills of southern France. I knew what I had done. This was all on me. I managed to follow his trail. All the way to Nice, France. I had friends there. And that was when we caught up to the creature. In the firefight that ensued. Trying to capture him three of my men were killed and I myself was injured not quite dissimilar from my silly bathroom fall Frankenstein's monster was using a log as a battering ram trying to keep us back while we were using fire and torches and other methods to scare him frighten him into a corner once we trapped him into a corner he threw the log in one act of desperation like a angry, petulant child, and this log hit me square across the abdomen. I must have sailed fifteen, twenty feet, skidding and bouncing off the ground. Every piece of my body hurt. My neck, my shoulders, my back oh. my stomach, everything hurt. The pain was unbelievable. I couldn't even talk. I couldn't think. My men subdued the creature, captured him, restrained him. They kept asking for orders, asking for where we were supposed to meet our rendezvous point to extricate us from the area and I couldn't talk I couldn't even talk I don't know if I had internal bleeding or not but I felt like everything was broken inside me the only thing I could do was I grasped one of my men's hands and I told him a name I was able to point to the town of Nice, France in the distance and I said a name They bundled me up, and they carried me on a stretcher into Nice, lying in an alley, damp, wet, cold. They brought that man, whose name I said to me. He was a wine seller. He owned a very small wine shop. Not even as big as a modern day convenience store. And it was a very lucrative business for him because wine sells better than just about everything else in France. He immediately recognized me, his American friend. He hugged me, he cried. The pain in his voice. I must have been near death's door. He beckoned them to pick me up, holding my hand the whole time while they carried me to his shop. He only spoke in French, very little English, and my men could not understand him. They only spoke German. I knew what he was saying, he was saying, we've got to get him back, It's before it's too late, we've got to get him back, we've got to get him back. Hold on, my friend, hold on, my friend, hold on. The town of Nice was decorated with a few Christmas ornaments, a few wreaths, and holly here and there speckled across the town. The rest of the town was decorated with Partisans and politicians that Weren't following the party line For the occupation They were decorating the light posts On the main street of Nice, France They were hung there Public execution and left As an example to the others I Tell you this one moment in time His Wife and his mother Came out to help With me When we got to the shop I thought I saw death But it was a man hanging From a light post as I was looking up And when his Wife and his mother Came upon me it was as if an angel, as if angels swept down and touched my brow. The warm cloths they were using to clean me as they carried me in to the shop was like the touch of angels across my brow. They took me into the back, a small, work area where he processed and labeled the wines. He opened up an ancient cabinet hidden in the recesses of the wall. My friend, the alchemist. My friend, the alchemist. Using his arcane magics and elixirs and serums and potions. Could this magic user wizard of ancient knowledge, and ancient spells. Could he save me? He handed a balm, a B-A-L-M, a balm to his wife. And as his mother and the men that brought me on the stretcher stripped my shirt open, I winced in pain and agony. I could not cry out, but I was going to cry out, so they stuck a cloth rag into my mouth, gagging me at first, choking me. But no matter what, I could not be allowed to scream out loud. It would alert the authorities that something was going on. They rubbed the salve upon my entire chest and abdomen. Then they signaled with their hands what had to happen next, and that was they had to pick me up and rotate me over. I must tell you, my friends, these were soldiers. They were strong and fit, stronger than any two men. My team was a crack group of paratroopers, They grabbed me up with very little restraint, flipped me over like a chef flips over a crepe in the pan. The pain that shot through my entire body was too much, and I blacked out and lost consciousness. When I became aware in a wink, I looked up, and my men were apologizing for roughing me up, they said. I said, I wouldn't be alive if you boys hadn't brought me here. And that's when I realized I could talk. I told them, thank you for bringing me here. My friend was there, his wife, and his mother. All crowded in that room. But what happened next was the most startling. The very most startling. Of events. The creature. Unchained. Unfettered. Stood from the corner of the room. As cramped as we were in that small. Shop. They parted. Away. So the creature could approach me, and he put his hand on my shoulder and said he was sorry. I could smell the serums, the potions, the chemical concoctions my friend had mixed. He had brought Frankenstein's monster back to reality. I skipped so much of the story... How we chased him down... How we... Tried to save his victims... How we witnessed atrocity... After atrocity... By this maddened creature... Because I wanted to bring you to... The better part of the story... The part of the story... Where one Christmas... A long, long time ago... My friend, a wizard... Saved my life. Gave me hope. And he saved a condemned creature's life. Frankenstein's monster was a condemned creature. He wasn't even considered human. He didn't even have rights. He wasn't protected. By even the rule of law or the rule of man. He was candy for the scientists to study and dissect to break apart while still alive witnessing what they were doing to him they drove him mad as my friend healed my body with his arcane magics he healed the monster with those same magics he didn't look upon the creature with hatred and animosity for attacking his friend he looked at the creature as a pitiful sad helpless creature beaten broken tortured the creature was as much or more of a victim as I was from the attack the predator and the prey being indistinguishable in the ugliness and the fog of war. I do remember in my fevered dreams, before I had clarity and consciousness, my wanting revenge on the creature for what it had done to me, wanting to break it in half for breaking my body, I looked up and I I think I was ashamed of myself, wishing that kind of violence upon a creature that was probably as innocent as a baby, not even knowing why it was treated differently in this world, but knowing that the compassion that those around him had shown, it was able to start to pull back its own sanity and intelligence and interact in a more positive way. think about that quite often that one Christmas a long time ago in southern France. Nice is a beautiful city. I remember as we parted to take a train down to the Mediterranean where we were to get picked up. I wanted to escape Nice as quickly as possible. I asked my friend if he wanted... an intervention... to deal with the people who had done this... the hangings... the torture and the torments... of the people of that fine... town... they asked me just to part ways... and maybe someday they'd see us again... I made it a... project of mine near the end of the war with a group of men to return to Nice France to get pictures documents records that they kept to follow all the men that tortured that city, that town, that area and hold them accountable for their war crimes War is an ugly thing. I think about it often how much anger and hatred I had for this creature. How this creature was interfering by trying to survive in my plans, in my own moral dispensation. How I was so worried about collateral damage but this creature, I would do anything to kill it, to stop it from marring my perfect record of being so righteous and protective of the civilian population around me. I forgot I was in a war. And I forgot who was my enemy. And I forgot who was the victim. I lost some very good men. It could have been avoided if we had taken a different track in recapturing the creature. There's a lot to be learned in life. And we can make mistakes even when we think we're doing something right or righteous. We let our politics, our morals, our religions cloud our minds and we get one-track thoughts. And those one-track-minded thoughts can lead us to do a lot of damage hurt a lot of people I know I didn't directly do it but I felt like the people who died when the creature rampaged were as much my fault as the creature itself and I felt tied to that creature and I think about him often When he was given the chance to heal. He asked me for forgiveness. It took me a while. To look up and realize. I needed to do the same. I needed to forgive him. And I needed to forgive. My enemies. That carried out those tortures. I won't forget what they did. I won't. Ignore what they did. But I need to forgive them. Most people are just trying to get by and carrying out orders. It's very rare somebody is truly evil. Given the opportunity, people will do a good deed over an evil deed. There's more benefit to it in the long run. A lot of my enemies, when I met them, when the shoe was on the other foot, I thought, how would you want them to treat you if the shoe was on the other foot for you? Then I thought back to the creature. And I ordered my men to show these people great compassion. It doesn't excuse their actions, but it also... Does not make us gods. We are not judge, jury. And executioner. Over these people. We are just the arm. That brings them to justice. And keeping that in mind. I felt like. Even though we were doing a sordid job. Sometimes in the midst of war. We could still do something. Something with a little bit of humanity it doesn't always work out that way and maybe I am full of beans or full of it but I find myself sleeping better at night knowing I hung on to just a little bit just a tiny little ounce of my own humanity and compassion and hope Me? I'm fine. I'll heal. I got a little package in the mail from a friend that lives very far away today. It really cheered me up. I've already used the salve once, and my body is healing very rapidly. It's good when you have wizards for friends. In a modern technological society like we have today it's kind of (laughs) nice I'll take abracadabra any day of the week when it heals up a broken body thank you for joining me today I hope you enjoyed this And I can't wait to sit down and talk to you again. And just think, next week is Christmas. I've got to tell you about the time I brought those aliens to my house. For Christmas Day. It was a most memorable holiday. An alien silent night. But that's a story for next week. So stay tuned, and we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirado de Juego. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash de The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of AudioNautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardejuego at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.